I hope this is the right place to start. No, yeah. Can you just? Oh, that's not the correct place to start. Oh wow! Really in the not, middle you're of not the even game. Doing it right. Wait. Oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah, All right, sweet. Blast the jams. I don't know if you guys have ever listened to this. If you've podcast never listened to the before. podcast, this is an intro song that I wrote. <laughs> it's called First Try it's because called, it's his first it's the try. First try ever made it making a song. And I always I ro- oh we gotta turn it up as high as possible. I forgot to make an applause sign, but this is where you applaud. <laughs> Everybody claps. So we're here. Yay! Yay! Welcome to our show. We did it. We actually got him here. Ethan has never been on a plane except for like one time in his entire life. I braved the storm of the TSA. I got patted down twice for you guys in all, <laughs> in all the crevices. This is not a joke. I actually didn't, but I did almost do something. I almost literally got arrested because I flew here and there was a man standing and he said, hey, you need to go that way. And so I went over there. I didn't have my shoes on. I didn't have my bags. I didn't really know what was going on. Um, And then another TSA person yelled, what are you doing? Get back in line. I said, I don't know. It turns out the one dude was just moving me out of the way because there was a man with a cart behind me. Um, And I just thought that I was getting specially processed. Uh, (laughs) Like a a can of meat. Like a meat, like a cattle, like a cattle getting pushed into the... Unpasteurized uh, Ethan. Yeah. (laughs) You should should ensure the podcast now. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to The Crunch. This is episode 81. I am Ethan, a.k.a. at Propostle. And I'm Patrick at Catholic Pat. And I know most everyone in this room. I don't know. know. I know some of you. Some of you that I've met in the past couple of days, you guys have a lovely school. It's very nice here. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> You're, I'm talking to you. This is I not built your it myself. <laughs> this is not your school. This is their school. This is for the people. This is the people's school. Do you guys like it here? Is it good? Do you do you enjoy it yourselves? I, I enjoy. I've been. I've I'll been write all of you up. I've been eating at the cafe every day, and let me tell you, you guys have it so good. <laughs> you guys have it wow. so good. You heard your first folks from a visitor. He I'm has been visitor. telling me. He has been telling me he's been a little bit irregular, but apparently that's standard for Ethan. I, well, apparently every, being irregular is break, regular. Every I'm a spring break right now. Every spring break, it seems like I've managed to get some type of diarrhea, and I'm not saying that that's what happened on this trip. I'm not saying that's what happened on this trip. <laughs> But what I am saying is that maybe I've had to go a bit more frequently than what is normal because I've adjusted my diet from a bowl of oatmeal every day and maybe a couple of crackers to like three slices of pizza and a lime soda in two minutes. You're also on Central Time, so I might be throwing you off a little yeah, bit. No. Yeah, it's still on. When you fly from Central to Eastern Time, it's like the airline steals an hour of your life away. <laughs> That's <laughs> how they like fuel the airplane. You don't need a 24-hour day anymore, and then it's gone. <laughs> it's really sad. We actually... Okay, so a little background on the podcast. We've been doing this for about a year and a half. I don't know. How many of you guys actually listen listen to our show this is the first episode you guys are well you're oh, 80 yikes. you're 80 episodes behind you need to get yeah you need to leave right now That's go so listen scary. and come back it's so scary that there's like most of the audience has no clue about it oh no okay so <laughs> maybe by the end of the show we'll actually be able to warm them up but so yeah. we've been doing this for about a year and a half we started this podcast because we met each other on twitter ethan ethan like sent out a patrick slid thing. into my dms and wanted to be friends <laughs> <laughs> And here we are. That's how I made most of my friends, actually. No, what happened was is that I had all these followers on Twitter, at Propostle, if you're interested, and um, (laughs) I said, I want to do a podcast on Catholic dating, um, because I think that's something that we're all really bad at, is generally interacting with members of the opposite sex. (laughs) And so I said, let's do a podcast, because clearly I know everything. Um, I don't. But I said, let's let's do this. And Patrick was the first boy to jump into my mentions. There were like 15 others after you really? that didn't make the cut. No. But um, <laughs> it was literally just Patrick who was the only one that wanted to do it. Um, and so we it's either lame doing, or it's destiny. It was, it was perfect. It was divine providence. And so we put it on SoundCloud, and then everybody loved it, and so we kept doing it. 
Uh, it was unnamed for four weeks. Unnamed then- for four weeks. We didn't meet each other for four months uh, until after we started. So this is born and raised yeah. in the in the fields this of, is, this of the been- internet, <laughs> of Twitter.com. This is a product of the internet. And we, we've actually had a lot of opportunities. We've, we've gone uh, as far west as, as Chicago, Illinois, or San Antonio, Texas. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had this- to travel east to get to Chicago. So it's like <laughs> Ethan came from the west to go east. And we, we actually had a really – we actually had the peak of our – our uh, podcasting career. We interviewed Mark Hart earlier this week. We, Do you guys know who Mark Hart is? Some people didn't know. One one person, Sarah, didn't know. Sarah had no clue who Everybody, Mark Hart was. Sarah, which is great. You don't know he's, who Mark Hart he's is? He's vice president of Life Teen. Uh, kind of a big deal. In, in American Catholicism. <laughs> but we've been able to talk to so many people. I get to come He's the Franciscan like University of Catholic Speakers. <laughs> you guys really think you're the best school, <laughs> don't you? And not that you're not, but... It's very apparent in how you carry yourself. You're the odd man out in this room. You I really probably, am. I'm the only one. Is anybody here not a student at Franciscan? Just okay. We got two. We got two. Two. That's what I'm talking about. So uh, we all, we also started this little tradition called the monthly mailbag, yes. which uh, was a tradition that we started in the middle of doing our podcast. I mean, we started it from the very beginning. We've always done the monthly mailbag every month since we ever <laughs> for the first it's time. Been a, it's been a recurring. It's been a recurring theme that we've done every single month, and uh, we just wanted a way for people to come and ask us questions. The only because we would always pick topics, but we don't know which what the people want. We don't know what the to. people want, and, um, and we don't know what you guys want. So it's also a really good way to get free content ideas. <laughs> if other people come to us and say, "Hey, talk about this," we don't have to come up with something for that exactly. week. So it's a it's a twofer. The only problem say. is it's 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 easy to get letters uh, on the internet. Um, you can just have people send you mm-hmm. DMs, but we we had to get a very special way to get uh, to get letters to us. At this we had we had to go through the snail mail, and we had, we have a very a very special guest coming in through coming in through that door. Uh, <laughs> this is Mailman Teresa. This is Mailman Teresa, everybody, <laughs> everybody gets. All right, you got you got to put you got to put the mic the mic at, at Teresa. All right, yeah, here you go. All right, Hello, Mailman Teresa. Everyone, this is Mailman Teresa. Mailman Bella. Teresa. Uh, if you guys know Teresa, give her a big, give her a big uh, round, round of applause, applause for yes, round of applause it. for Mailman Teresa. Mail, Mailman that's a, Teresa, that's a wonderful hat. Is that standard issue for the USPS nowadays, or are you doing FedEx? Is and that something that they do to differentiate themselves? It is FedEx, but they made me pay forty dollars for it, and it was <laughs> mandatory. So I was upset about it, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> mandatory forty dollars. It's the cost of doing business. Yeah, I mean. It's the cost of logistics, am I right? Yeah. That's, that's UPS. It's not the same. Yeah. In your uniform. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good look. But I get to wear flip-flops at work, so that's great. <laughs> uh, do you have any mail for us? I do. I have a bunch of letters for you. You got to put the bike back on her. So um, I've, I've been traveling by snail mail with these letters, uh, and we've kind of gotten really close. <laughs> so I wanted to, like, introduce you guys to all the letters because they've become really good friends of mine, and I want to make sure that, like... Like before they're kind of like spent you know what I mean so to those of you that are listening online um, she has put googly eyes on an envelope <laughs> I'll introduce you to my first friend this is Cassandra <laughs> everybody say hi Cassandra hi Cassandra extraordinarily camera shy so just like she blushes all the time. It doesn't mean she likes you. Just take it in stride. Um, but she, fun thing about Cassandra, she always does her eyebrows like first thing in the morning and then she washes her face. So she's got like streaks running down her eyes sometimes. It's like, what are you doing? Also, fun fact about her, she worked at a JCPenney for 16 years with a direct deposit. So <laughs> that's Cassandra in a nutshell. So just be gentle with her because right. she's a good soul. Thank, right. She's, so she's been through a lot let's, let's, every let's. morning. Thank you, Teresa. We'll see you again shortly. See you guys. <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't I, these are in, so this could be a really fun experience. This is going to be a very fun one. Okay, okay, okay. 
Our first, our first monthly mailbag. Wait, 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 wait. Let me proof. Oh, this will be fun. Okay, yeah, this is a good one. <laughs> she says, hey, with a smiley emoticon. It's very important. Last year, here in Brazil, a story about a woman who prayed with an Elrond figure, thinking it was St. Anthony's, <laughs> went viral on Facebook. I thought it was hilarious, but it also made me wonder if her prayer was valid. I don't know if that's the right word. Is it only your heart's intentions that matter? I really want to hear your thoughts on that. Thanks, and I love your podcast. Hold on. I've Elrond? Done, well, I've done the same thing, because one time I picked up my Obi-Wan Kenobi figure, and I thought it was Padre Pio. <laughs> Does that happen to you guys? Or is that just something that happens with me? First of all, I think the prayer is valid. Second of all, let's think of all the fictional characters that look like <laughs> that saints. That we can pray to. <laughs> that we can pray to. What, um, who, what is Elrond? Does El- Lord of the Rings. He's the guy that... Agent Smith from The Matrix. Yeah, I've, I've never... The elves or whatever. Oh. Yeah. Oh. You go on this yeah. journey. Wait. And that's where Gimli is like, and my axe. You know, it's like a... Classic. It's a classic scene. A classic you guys know scene. what I'm talking about, everybody? Yeah, 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 yeah. this is Franciscan. Okay, you guys know two things. You know about theology and you know about... Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> that's good. Thank you for, yeah, co- thank you for recovering. I, I was of waiting a- for the punchline <laughs> and you missed it. I, I, I forgot what I was... I was in the middle of a sentence. I just forgot where I was. I uh, Okay, now I know the name of that, yeah, that Elrond. boy. Yeah. That's funny. How did you think... How did they think that he was St. Anthony? Well, I think maybe sometimes... Uh, he looks a little you, bit like... Maybe you get a little bit desperate. Like, you just really need to find something. Usually, and you get so busy trying to find the thing that you're looking for that you forget to find the correct statue to pray with. Usually, St. Anthony is depicted holding the child Jesus... I, was he holding a child? Yeah, Elrond or? was holding Gimli was in he his like- arms. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little dwarf boy, and it's, it was like, oh, this is exactly the, the thing that I need. And it was like holding her lost keys. Yeah. Have you ever been like, so... Perfect. This person must have been so distressed in their home. Like, what did they lose that made them pick up an Elrond? Like, <laughs> it must have been... Literally, <laughs> what I'm thinking is they lost, they like lost their child, and they were in such distress, they just picked up something that was in the child's room, and they're like, oh, I must have dropped the St. Anthony thing here. It was a child's it was their gotcha it was their elrond figure okay yeah so i think I that uh i i'm in i'm in sacraments right now with dr newton shout out dr newton and um we just learned about sacramentals uh-huh. and apparently sacramentals they work like through the intercession of the church so like i think i think if it was a saint anthony statue her she would have like receive more actual grace, which disposes her to receive spiritual power. Uh-huh. So if it was a statue of St. Anthony, it would be better. But, but it's almost as if she just... Sweet. Uh, statues the don't... Pizza's we here. got pizza. <laughs> Did you bring the pizza guy? You didn't... You didn't bring the pizza Angelica. guy in? Oh my gosh, Angelica. The, I'm just kidding. You're fine. No, it's fine. You're, <laughs> you're good. If you want pizza, it's in the back. You want pizza in the back. Um, yeah, the, the statues don't work like sacraments, like <laughs> ex operato... X up whatever. X, uh-huh. yeah, well. well, that's really fun. What I'm thinking is, is uh, that it actually provides more grace if you pray with Elrond. Through <laughs> 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 the intercession of yeah. J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah. Hey, hopefully, hopefully. guys. Hopefully, I mean, he's probably a saint. <laughs> I don't uh, know. I feel like I feel like as long as it was a sincere prayer. Yeah, it'll it'll go it'll go to the right it'll, guy. It'll go it'll to the right person. It's not like it's not like <laughs> you can just intercept prayer. Mm. And it's, yeah. I mean, you sent this via the wrong via the wrong statue. We can't do it anymore. I was talking to someone who thought that this front of the chapel was Jesus. Mm. I wonder if that works Heard the same that. way. Wait, who was it, Sarah? Oh, okay. I thought. Oh, you thought the same thing? It might have been. It might have been Sarah then. Sarah, everybody. This is the second time I've called out Sarah on accident. Everybody, give Sarah a round of applause. Yeah, She's Sarah the best. Round of applause for Sarah. She deserves. She deserves a round of applause after I wrote. One time, one time, I thought Jacob and Esau of Genesis fame uh, were podcasters and vloggers. 
I, I mentioned Jacob and Esau, and Ethan goes, I've never seen any of their videos. <laughs> I was like, there's like a good reason for that. There's 5,000 years of good reasons why you haven't seen any of their YouTube videos. Exactly. It can't get that bad. Um, that was a very good question. That was question. a good question. Everybody give that question a round, a round of applause. applause. Good question. Make sure that you pray to the right things. Is... Where Teresa? Go? Oh, okay. Teresa's right there. Ter- Next question from Teresa. Next question from Teresa. Hooray, Teresa. It's okay. They just want to see your face. <laughs> Again, folks, another googly okay, eye so <laughs> envelope. I'd appreciate it if you would humor me, Ethan. Sorry, sorry, Thank sorry. You. It's a real person that she's holding in her hands. Yeah, so this is my friend Jacob, and <laughs> he's like six years old, and he's so sweet. Aww. And um, he just has like a lot of questions, and he won't <laughs> shut up sometimes, but sometimes I'm like, hey, look. Time to go to sleep. You know what I mean? Um, little kids. Do you run uh, an orphanage, Teresa, on the side? <laughs> People forget stuff in the mail. I pick that up. It's my kids. Anyway. <laughs> Meanwhile, so, there's a mom <laughs> praying with an Elrond figure because Teresa stole something I that turn, was hers out of the mail. I see really cute kids, and I turn yeah. them into mail, and I adopt them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is like a terrifying <laughs> German fairy tale. <laughs> exactly. Hansel and Gretel, except the witch it's is a male, male woman, and Hansel and Gretel are just pieces of postage. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so this is Jacob, and he's just really funny. And sometimes he like picks things up and pretends they're other things. You know what I mean? How kids do that? Like so. picks up letters and pretends they're people. Stop! <laughs> <laughs> I'm 20 years old. I'm an adult. <laughs> also, I have a very large hat on. So just listen to what he has to say with a big heart and an open mind. So take it away, Jacob. All right, all right. Thank you, Teresa. You open this yeah, one. I'll open this one. Um, again, folks, we do not know which order these are in. So. Uh, we could have staged this, but we thought that would be dishonest. We could have staged this, but also we started planning about 30 minutes ago, so. <laughs> All right. Oh, this will be fun. <clears throat> hey. This is John Paul from Catholic University. Do we, do we like Catholic University? Here? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Rivalries with the other Catholic. Only with Christendom. Okay. See, that joke kills. That, that, that is an insider joke. <laughs> Me and the other thousand people that are listening will have no clue. Um, anyway. Kristen doesn't listen. This is John Paul from Catholic Paul. University. Love your podcast. I traditionally listen to it Sunday nights when I'm making PB&Js for the upcoming school week. Very responsible, uh, John Paul. My question has to do with the apostolate of friendship. I frequently invite my non-Catholic friends to attend Mass with me and tell them beforehand that only Catholics may receive communion. They understand and respect that rule. However... When inviting lapsed or nominally Catholic friends to come back to Mass, it's a little bit trickier. How can I charitably let these friends know that only practicing Catholics in a state of grace can receive communion without giving them the impression that I'm looking down upon them or being judgmental? Thank you. Keep up the good work. And Patrick, keep talking about Mary. Thanks to you, my consecration is going to be finished on the Feast of the Annunciation. Hey. Shout out. Everybody give Mary a round of applause. Everybody cheer for Mary. Yeah. Um, John Paul, this is a great question. Um, I don't know. You don't know? I really... I mean... Do you have thoughts? I don't know any lapsed Catholic. I'm just yeah. <laughs> I go to Franciscan. I don't know anybody don't know that's a lapsed anybody Catholic not or not Catholic. in a state of grace all the time. Um, <laughs> we all float here. We just yeah. float to class. Uh-huh. Um, Let me tell you something. I Never mind. It's maybe, not important. <laughs> I, I've, like, I've seen some things today. <laughs> let's, let's get back to the question. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. Maybe like gently reminding them to go to conf- or encouraging them to go mm-hmm. to confession. That's step one. And then if they ask, like, if it gets closer and closer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm a... I'm a big i'm a big fan of passive aggression like if you passive aggressively be like hey like we should really try and go to, it's not passive aggressive but yeah. just like gently suggest like let's go to confession together mm-hmm. that's evangelization that's really good and then if they go to confession then boom like they're good hopefully 
and then they can receive. And so at least you have like plausible deniability. The rest is up is between them and God. Uh, and yeah. then if they refuse, then maybe like kind of remind them like actually it's a really good habit to receive frequent confession if you're going to receive communion. Um, so then they'll kind of like, and if they refuse again and they insist on going up to the confession line, that's when you full body tackle them in the middle of the church, in the middle of the church, don't in the middle of church. Lines and linebacker. Shout out. That's a new Catholic generation. New Catholic generation. Also the homies. Thanks for letting me sleep on your couch last night, Tristan. Cool. (laughs) Uh, But I think, I think in a good way to not be judgmental and, this is, this is something that's really hard with, with non-Catholics and with Catholics. So when you talk about the faith and when you get really excited and you get really into it and you're like, the Eucharist and Jesus and the Mass and everything, it's really easy to just start sounding like somebody who doesn't know anybody about any, like anything about anybody. Like you're not a people person, you're a Jesus person. And nobody can relate to that. Um, and so I think the best way is to really understand and enter into that person's life and enter into what they're struggling with or what they're dealing with and maybe their place in life. And it's all just about being a good friend. Like he said here in the question, John Paul, this is to you. You said it yourself, the apostolate of friendship. You should be like your life should be flowing into this friendship if you're inviting people to mass it should be more than just a passive hey we should go like because you avoid a lot of these awkward situations if you're actually living life with these people and knowing them and understanding where they're coming from and so i think it really just takes a lot of investment into the person which is hard because if at least for myself i'm going to mass all the time i'm going to confession all the time because i'm i'm trying to live that life and i have friends that are trying to live that life um and so it's easy to kind of fall out of friendship with the people that aren't and so it, it takes extra effort from me or from the people that are people like you, John Paul, who are living that good life to make it a struggle and say, all right, I'm going to spend this extra time that I might have with these people. You know, like it has to be a concerted effort and it can't just be like a casual. Hey, I'm going to mass. <laughs> if you're going to suggest someone go to confession, I would suggest uh, I would suggest suggesting that you go to confession with them it's a good um, suggestion yeah and and if and if you've already been recently i guess then you can go say again like, like, yeah go again you there's probably, no way there's no way there's that no you have way, not sinned there's no way you've not sinned or if you're like man i went like literally two minutes ago then uh, i mean i offer to do their penance with them yeah. i mean it can't it can't hurt that's a that's like a really creative you mm-hmm. know way to evangelize uh be creative in your virtue not in your sin um so wow. yeah <laughs> Be, be creative in your virtue. Be normie in your sin. That's what I always, that's what I always say. Um, <laughs> Drilling the streets and uh, that's a Twitter joke. No one's going no to get that Nobody's going to think it's funny. Um, Drilling the streets, Tommy Ty in the, in, in the pews. In the pews. <laughs> um, that's very good. Uh, yeah, that's good. I think that uh, answers that. Mm-hmm. Another question, please, Teresa. We will have an audience portion at the end, so be thinking of questions. We've got a couple more that we're going we're gonna to have. We have portions for the audience we have in portions. the back. Yeah, and if you just food. got here, we've got crunch themed cereal in the back, pizza, and also donuts. In full transparency to our online audience, nobody's come in. It's been the same group for the last 20 minutes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is David. He kind of sucks. He said he didn't like my hat. I was like, I paid $40 for it. Watch your mouth. Um, so, yeah, I kind of don't know how to talk to him you're happy to without get getting him. really mad but yeah. um yeah. just tell him to shut his flap i can't say that to his face he's got really cute eyes you know those <laughs> <laughs> you know those people who are like dang they're good looking but they get on my nerves that's david so i'm happy to be rid of him good luck I've right. actually been told that I get on people's... Oh, no! One of David's eyes just fell off. <laughs> you really did a number on him, Teresa. Now he's just David. Div- no, one of his eyes fell off, so now he's David. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm retiring. I'm retiring. Look at what him. do you Patrick call a fish with no eyes? <laughs> <laughs> 
Hello, this is Teresa. Oh, wow. Uh, different Teresa. <laughs> maybe. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I wanted to know if you guys could talk about how we are both body and soul and how that dual duality of man can go over into prayer and connecting head and heart and how that carries out into our daily life. Thanks for all you do. Bye. Bye, Teresa. This will be fun. This is a really good one. This will hey. be a good question for somebody who's studying electrical engineering and not the theology of the body. <laughs> hey, any, any Cartesian dualists out there? Yeah? Yeah? I'm right. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Cartesian dualism is uh, bad. Um, this so happens every episode. <laughs> every episode, this, something like this goes happens. <laughs> we have to... We have, what's, it, what's it called? Hilo, uh, hylomorphic? hylomorphic. Who's, who's a philosophy major? There's at least one... Of, nice. Is it hylomorphic? Hylomorphic soul, which means we're both body and soul, like, integrated. Yeah, so as opposed to, like, a, a clear separate... The reason why I'm saying this is because there, there, there's kind of this tendency in yeah. American Christianity to separate the flesh as sinful and the spirit as virtuous. Um, but we know from Scripture that's not the case because the Lord uh, reprimands the Pharisees for purifying the outside of the cup, but not the inside. And whitewashed so, walls. White, whitewashed tombs. Whitewashed tombs, yeah. Whitewashed tombs. Like, there's the, the outside of them is, is purified. but on the inside, they've got dirty bones. Dirty, 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 dirty. boys. Dirt. So they, <laughs> <laughs> they keep all their dirty laundry, literally. The Pharisees inside were some stinky men. <laughs> Let me tell you what, they didn't have showers back in that day, and we all suffered. <laughs> or rivers. Or rivers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There was no water Nobody back in Jesus' day. So really, if you take all that into account, the miracles were quite, quite fantastic. Quite fantastic. Yeah, baptism. Yeah. One. And, uh, this, is, this is some high-quality exegesis right now. Uh, so like, we, all of our, all of our uh, sin comes from within us. You know, it's not like if, 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 you, if you have like a tendency to vanity, it's not because your, your, your eyes think you're really pretty. It's because your soul is like unreasonably attached to your good looks. So like you're, you sin with your body. And rightfully and so. And rightfully so, because you're beautiful. Have you seen this? <laughs> Have you seen all of this? I am You in the audience can only see me from the waist up. You online, you just got to imagine. And good luck. <laughs> I won't even get close. Ethan, Ethan's calves are choice. They're I've just... got some... Let me tell you about my calves for a second. Pause the podcast. <laughs> Sometimes when I go running, my calves hurt so bad and my entire left foot falls asleep. Is that normal? You're running. You're running incorrectly. I think, I think <laughs> that might be. I woke up. I woke up. We uh, we we shared a room the other night. We woke. I woke up, and he was just doing. We doing were in totally. separate beds, folks. Do not. I did not say that. That is a very important bunk beds. Bunk beds. One bed, one body. That's the rule. <laughs> wow. Is it, get, is it getting hot in here? <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, so, so yeah, uh, John Paul II's Theology of the Body. Uh, he warns against Manichaeism, which treats the flesh as sinful, and then he also warns against <laughs> the sexual revolution, which treats the flesh as like, you can't do anything wrong, so do whatever you want. And so we have to find not like a balance between the two, because both are just terrible. They both find their roots in utilitarianism and viewing the body as like just a tool to achieve an end, whether that's sexual pleasure or child rearing, you know, both of those things, if you view the body only as something that's used for procreation, that's basically utilitarian. Right. And if you view the body as something that's only used for sexual pleasure, that's definitely utilitarian. So we need to just throw the whole model out and go with John Paul II's third way and just be like, the body was created to image God. And yeah. I think so we can say that for just about anything is throw it all out except for what John Paul II said. <laughs> No, I think you talk about the, the badness of Manichaeism. I'm talking about the badness of Manichaeism. Manichaeism? Whenever I go into a Kohl's, I get really nervous. 
<laughs> They're unsightly. They have no pores. It's not natural. <laughs> what would they need pores for? Skin. Would I, uh, what? Ma- yeah, all right. Uh, let's, go, let's go. Let's move on. I, well, I mean, here's the thing. With Patrick answers these types of philosophical questions, I don't have much to add. So, like, I think it's really <laughs> dumb <laughs> stuff. I got to talk about calves. I got to talk about pores. Mannequins. I, um, usually do, you remember the, do you remember the mannequin challenge with those kids were doing? Oh, yeah. The, the Guardian. That should be our new intro music is by Ray Shremmerd. <laughs> <Wait, that's laughs> is that how you say it? That's how you say it. That's yeah. how you say it. Do you guys listen to Ray Shremmerd? He, no, I feel like there's a lot of hip hop fans. It's again just Tristan. It's just Tristan. Um, backwards, Ray Shremmerd backwards is ear drummers. Did you know that? What? That's like how they got their name. That's really. Cool. That's a little bit of uh, uh, early early 2016 meme facts for you folks. Um, shout out the people on the balcony, by the way. The nosebleeds. What's what up? up? What up, Dan? All hail the matriarch. She loves us. Amazing. Hey, are we going to open an audience portion now or later? Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I told John Henry to be here so he could answer, so he could ask a question. Um. No, no, he, he he lost his chance and all of his pizza. So we're gonna we're gonna open up an audience. Does anyone in the audience have a question? Yeah, let's mix it up. I know I didn't I didn't ask you guys to prepare, and let's we have no plants in the audience. So if if we yes, don't have Peter, any plans. Peter has a question. Come, come here. Let's Peter. hear it for Peter. Everybody here for Peter. This is my little. Hey, so this actually because Inter- introduce yourself. Oh, sorry. Hi, I'm Peter. Good. Um, whenever Pat crashed his car, he came to my place. Oh yeah, this is the guy from That's- the car crash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my uh, little fame in this whole spiel. Okay, so um, back a few weeks ago, remember how there was the man conference and they were talking about how, like, our sonship? Um, like, they were talking about how, like, um, manhood, like, we're just men because that's just what it is. Um, I don't know if you thought about that since that day, but, like, whenever I would think about it, it always seemed like our manhood and our sonship are kind of, like, two separate things, but are mm. both still you unique. And are like, like we're sons and daughters just because like our nature. But then like there's womanhood. You might be a son and daughter. I'm just a son. <laughs> I don't know about your. Okay. I don't know what you're doing. Um, I really don't know <laughs> what the question per se is, but like our manhood and stuff like that, and and just like yeah, what? How would how would you say that's different than like womanhood? Are you besides, asking difference besides, between besides di- the the obvious? Besides are you the saying obvious. difference between manhood and sonhood, or difference between manhood and womanhood? Like wh- those are two Both. very different. Both. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's let's do crack you, this. Do you want to do you want to answer any? I of these can questions? try to I can try to lead it yeah, off a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So, I think uh, a critical part of of manhood. Hey, what's up? We're having a live podcast. I don't know why these come. people are leaving. There's yeah. food in the back. There's food in the back. We've got show. cereal, and it doesn't matter. Lost cause. Um. <laughs> So I think something very interesting about manhood is that um, a lot of the traditional characteristics of a strong Christian man is that he's a leader. Um, I mean, if you look at all the Old Testament um, fathers, it's Abraham who led um, and Jacob who led and Isaac who led. And you know, they, all these people were leaders. They led tribes and families and, and all of these things. And it's very important. And nations like David King, right? Yeah. Um, all, the, all these men are leaders. And that's what's traditionally seen as like the good Christian man as the head of the household and all this stuff. Um, at the same time, we are called to be sons. Uh, and this is just a man perspective. We get into the lady, lady zone after this. But um, Get into the lady zone. When you're a son, when you're, if you think about being a son, inherently like you are following your father, right? And that's a part. So being a Christian man, like being an adult, means you, are, um, you, have, you have to be a man. You have to be a father. But at the same time, you also have this requirement of being a son. So you have to lead and also follow at the same time. So there's this interesting play of that. There's a tension there. Yeah. And so I think we talked about this um, in one of the guys groups that we did at K-State a while ago. And it's about how um, in order to 
be a leader. A lot of men are really eager to lead and be a leader, but they're not very eager to follow. Mm. Um, and so I think that is kind of something that we as men specifically have to think about is how are we following Christ? How are we disciples of Christ? How are we, you know, covered in the dust of, 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 of the rabbi and all of that? Um, what are we doing to increase our knowledge and to increase our humility and, and have a childlike faith? So that we can then, in turn, lead the people that are, are being led by us. Yeah. You know, so I guess there's kind of that. That's how I would answer that question of the difference between manship and sonship is the leading and the following. And we can go into a lot more about that, too. That could be a whole podcast. But. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that manhood is kind of a, an umbrella that, like, houses uh, three or four things in it. Uh, sonship, mm. uh, brotherhood, mm. and uh, fatherhood. Mm. So, by extension of fatherhood, that would also be, like, husbandship. But husbandhood. It's kind of it's kind of implied in fatherhood. The old ball and chain. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> am I right, fellow <laughs> men? Yeah, men. yeah, yeah, men. We don't. I'm know. very alone, <laughs> and we all know why. <laughs> uh, so, like, you're you're first a son uh, in relation to both your father and our heavenly father, and then by extension, like, in the other side, you're you're also first a daughter, uh, and then when you like come into the world and like say you have siblings or say you make friends, you know, you are with people God on this forbid. journey. You are. <laughs> you are a brother you are a sister and then in that brotherhood and that sisterhood you uh you grow in the virtues that would make you a good father or mother mm. um and so that's all rooted in your sonship or in your daughterhood yeah. in relation to the father y'all and, should read life of the beloved by father henry newen um it talks about this concept of i've talked about it on the podcast before so if you listen back to our episodes which you should um there's this concept of uh, we are the beloved, right? And it, it's based off of, you know, God telling Jesus after his baptism, like, you are my beloved son with whom I'm, whom I'm well pleased. And that's how we should live our life, like being the beloved, being the beloved daughter, being the beloved son. And there are four things that that entails is that we are chosen, blessed, broken, and then given. And so when we are beloved and we are the beloved son or the beloved daughter, we have to understand that from the beginning of time, from the beginning of eternity, from, if you can even say beginning, it's like... Yeah we were chosen by God and like his love chose us, which is amazing. Right. And then we were blessed. Like we're, we were baptized into the church. We get blessed all the time. We were broken. Like we all have brokenness about us. And then through all of that, the blessings and the brokenness and the chosenness, we are able to give to those around us. And so that is like the full extent of the divine sonship or the divine daughterhood, mm-hmm. I guess, is, is that four stage, which also mirrors perfectly Jesus's life um, and like the sacramental bread and all that stuff. It's a really good book. You should check it out. But that's kind of what I'm thinking yeah. um, with this as well. So I guess the other question, what is the difference between masculinity and femininity, manhood and womanhood? Um, they the same. JP2, 1973. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say that, folks. Sorry, that was a misquote. If you listen back to our episode a couple of weeks ago, uh, Edith Stein, our episode about Edith Stein, Stein overemphasized because Ethan thought it was funny the way I said Stein. Well, I, I've always said Edith Stein because I'm a filthy public school kid, and I don't know how to say these things, but apparently it's Edith Stein. And so that's how I said it. Anyway. So, now, so now the only way I can say it is like a Nazi in an Indiana Jones film. Like, that's the, <laughs> o- that's the only possible pronunciation that I can manage. Only in an Indiana Jones film. Yeah, well, there so, are no other Nazi movies. Carry on. <laughs> Either CV 1979. So, um, we, uh, uh, uh I read, <laughs> I was rethinking the joke. Are you, why are you laughing so hard? That wasn't that funny. So... <laughs> We're in front of people, Patrick. Edith, I, I, know. Can't, I can't cut this out. This is live. Einstein wrote this book uh, or this letter called The Threefold Vocation of... Um, or no, sorry. She wrote a 
treatise on the separate vocations of men and women. And she lays out a threefold vocation of mankind as a whole that was given to us in the garden. Uh, she says that we were first called to image the Father, wow. image the Trinity, uh, and to, to rule creation and to fill it and subdue it. So, like, that would be ruler and, and propagating, making more people, right? So, um, in, in this, in this uh, sort of... And that, those are also God's roles in relation to creation, you know, uh, to, to image himself in creation, right? To rule over it and to continue it, right? So, we, we image God in that threefold role. Wow. Um, thank you. I love that every time. Really? Yeah. All right, cool. It's good. I, I, I'm so I was worried you were like making fun of me. And no, I, was like, I can't handle this. Genuine. Not, sometimes not I can my be... friends. Uh, <laughs> They're my friends too. <laughs> uh, and so and so in 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 the garden, this is more integrated between Adam and Eve. Uh, but if if we're if we're like kind of divvying them up, to Adam and Eve belong the first. They both they're both called image God. Uh, Adam is first called to rule. Uh, in in he's called to rule before Eve shows up, and then Eve is called in a special way to bring children to the world as evidenced by the way our bodies are set up. So, uh, and this, this is so fully integrated in the garden. They're, they're ruling over creation and they're propagating. They, they both like, like man has a role in propagating children. Woman has a role in ruling over the earth, but at the fall, our roles kind of, it kind of (laughs) separated and not, not by God, but we kind of grabbed them and like held them close and we kind of refused to let them go, which is why most of like our sins against each other as men and women have to do with like man ruling over woman in like an, in like a, in a sinful way or like woman using like using sexuality as like a weapon or like using, using kids against the father, right? It's like pulling things away from men. Um, and so like, so I would say that, that in, in order to restore what we lost in Eden, those two roles need to be. Uh, better integrated. This is kind of a tangent, but those those are essentially the differences between men and women. Is like masculinity is more of a lordship shared. Masculinity is more of a lordship. Womanhood is more of like a, a progeneration of children. Um, but to, they need to happen together because without the other person, we can't fulfill the first role, the most important role, which is imaging the Trinity. Cool. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. We gotta we gotta okay. win the war against highly weaponized sexuality. That's like, <laughs> we gotta fight Nuclear that war now. Sexuality. War on drugs, war on terror, <laughs> war on weaponized sexuality. That's, <laughs> those are the three wars that we gotta fight here in America today. Uh, do we have another question, Teresa? How many do we have? We've got like th- a couple, seven. Okay, so seven, we, but we, we might not read one of them. <laughs> I don't know. It depends on how many audience questions there are. Keep thinking. Oh my gosh, he's missing an eye. <laughs> Transplant. Transplant. <laughs> this is a medical podcast now. <laughs> oh no, Bell, do you have another one? No. No. <laughs> Just don't look at it, please. <laughs> he can't really look at you, so it's fine. Oh gosh. This is a pirate. We've you've brought a pirate, a pirate onto this show. It's Pirate Jack. He's very cool. <laughs> Captain. No, Captain. he never graduated. He's just a pirate. As we all know, when every pirate graduates, they become a captain. <laughs> yeah, it's their degree. Um, this is really unsettling. They get their bachelor. Instead of degree. getting a diploma, they just get a giant wheel. Sorry. So yeah, Jack. He's fun. He kind of starts things and doesn't finish them, as you can tell. Like with the whole eye um, thing. Yeah, he tried. Okay, he tried to dye my hair purple and gave up halfway through, and now this is what I have. So um, that's fun. <laughs> Oh gosh, I, I just am kind of disgusted that I can feel his eye socket under my hand right now. Um, stop touching his eye socket. He's crying and I can't stop. It's okay. Just take him, please. Okay, I got to right. throw, throw up. Relinquish the ocular cavity. <laughs> take him, please. I have to go throw up. Right. Teresa Boba. 
Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Can I read read this one? Uh, Yeah. Wow, that's a big boy. Oh shoot! Okay, this Jack one. was Jack was hiding a sea monster within his within this, within his mouth. Uh, this one might bring down the mood. Are you guys ready? Uh-oh. This is actually like a really good question. Okay. Okay. Um, prepare yourself. Steal yourself. Take another bite before we go into this. Buckle up. Um, so this is from anonymous. Didn't want to be named. That's okay. Here we go. So not to be a downer, but I attended my sorority formal last weekend with some friends, and while the dance was going on, a seven-year-old girl drowned in the pool at the same hotel. We didn't know at the time whether she was okay or even what had happened, but we knew there was an emergency and that a little kid had been pulled out of the pool. Our group huddled up and said some Hail Marys, and after that, we just went back to dancing. I was really distracted and wondering how the situation was progressing, but I decided that regardless, I should make sure my date and my friends were having a good time and that we'd done our part and it was in God's hands. Knowing what I know now, was it wrong for us to go back to the party? Should we have tried to find out what was going on or even left the party and commenced praying for the rest of the night? Obviously, we're not meant to be distracted and miserable all the time, even though horrible things are constantly happening all over the world. And God wants us to experience joy and build relationships. But how can we justify having a party when somewhere something horrible is happening? Were a few Hail Marys enough? Did they even count if I continued to feel icky and doubtful afterwards? Did we completely fail this little girl? How do I avoid getting overwhelmed with how many prayers the world needs all the time? Just wondering what you guys think. That is wow. such a good question. That is a really That's good like, question. That is something that we will not be able to handle in the time that we have today. But. Yeah. We can try. I mean, I've said this on the show before, but like God can hear one prayer echoing through eternity. Yeah. Um, one, Hail, Hail Marys are more powerful than we think they are. Uh, and we need to, we need to open our prayer in general. Up. I mean, prayer Hail Marys especially, but like, Hail Marys especially, but like prayer in general is more powerful. Prayer is so this. real. And I mean, yeah, we think of like our fathers and glory bees and Hail Marys is like kind of the pocket change of prayer. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just something like you can throw a few extras in. It's always mm-hmm. handy to have them. Um, and if you add them all up, they actually make something. Mm-hmm. That's not how it it's works. It's like Salvation Army. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, you know, you know what I mean? You guys got the, you get it. Like you have every, if everybody puts in a quarter, all of a sudden we got millions of quarters oh. for, the, for the poor. Yeah. You know? Except it's prayers. If, if everybody just prays one, then it's, yeah. we have millions anyway. But it's like, it's like that if every quarter was actually worth infinite money, infinite dollars, infinite dollars. So like, there, I mean, Mary has all of the, she has the entire treasury of grace within her. Yep. But the full treasury of grace. of grace is infinite. So she has all of this full of grace. She has all of this grace to give and like asking for it and like being earnest because your, your personal disposition is what really like pumps up your prayer. You know, if you, if you think, why are you laughing at me? <laughs> he said, pump up your pump prayer. Up your prayer. Pump up the jam. It's like a funny song by Tec- Tektronic. Back from back in the day. It was in Space Jam. You guys remember. You guys saw Space Jam, right? Anyway. This is the second Space Jam reference you made today. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm not doing <laughs> it again. Keep going. That's, that's really what, that's, that's, that's really yeah. it. It's like those, those few Hail Marys. Are those mm-hmm. few Hail Marys enough? Like that's, yeah. that's something that we can get trapped in when we pray. Is like, mm-hmm. is the little bit of prayer that I do enough? And it's like, well, I mean, the short answer is like, well, maybe. It's, yeah. like, it's, 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 it's likely. I mean, if it's not enough, it's not because of the prayers themselves. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's the easier part of the question. Not that you intentionally took the easier half of the question, but the other half is like, <laughs> how are we supposed to feel and react and think about it when something like that happens? Because yeah. we, can, we can constantly get stuck in the trap of, oh, all around the world there's sex trafficking and 
pornography is this huge industry that's like taking over people and there's Syrian refugees and uh, this is happening in the US government and like abortion and all this stuff like we can get if you really start to think about it there's a lot of stuff to be weighed down by and depressed and rightfully so because I mean the world sucks and it's not a good not a good world sometimes um, so like how do we react to it like should they have gone back to dancing should they not like if we really think about it should we ever party given how <laughs> given how bad things are like how do you how do you even react to something? Like, I mean, these, I'd, I'd, I'd like to know things. in that in that specific instance. I mean, what would the alternative have been? You know, like I mean, there was a lifeguard really no, there. Yeah, I mean, there was a lifeguard there. Like someone had called. I would. I mean, if I had been there, I would have made sure that yeah. someone had called nine one one before I like really left because mm-hmm. you know. But don't be like, a bystander. But I think at the end of the day, it's like understanding that Christ's sacrifice is is forever. You know, and knowing that like he are we've already won the war. You know, mm-hmm. we might be losing individual battles, but we're winning the war. We already won the war. Jesus. You may have won the battle, but I will win the other battles. That was an office reference. Thank you, Teresa. <laughs> that was a good. I forget that Ethan doesn't. I don't watch, watch the, office. the office. Sorry, um, but that's that's the important Thank thing you. to remember is that like through Christ's sacrifice, there's always hope. There's always joy. There's always something to look forward to and something to cling to, even in the face of the most deplorable, just nasty, awful stuff. Yeah. Um, which is hard. You like you can tell somebody that like, oh yeah, a little girl just died. Be hopeful. Like, ugh, no, ugh. just gives you a nasty pit in your stomach. Like to even think about that. But that's something that we each individually have to come to terms to, like in our own way, through our own prayer, with the help of God's grace, of course. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. I don't. I hope that answered the question, anonymous asker. And I, like, I mean, does. I mean, hopeful. I, I it's, it said she drowned, but it didn't say that whether or not she was rescued or was she. They said that she pulled her. They pulled her out of the pool, but she. I think she died. Okay, is a thing. I mean, yeah. how 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 much moral sin can a seven year old committed? I mean, it, we have we have all the reason to hope mm-hmm. that she went to heaven. So I mean, in that in that specific instance, there's that's good. And I mean, if she did pass away, I mean, I would I would take her to prayer further and pray for her soul and ask for intercession. Exactly. Boom. That's the best way to look at it. Yep. She's a saint. We did it. Boom. Does anybody have audience audience question? Hopefully, something a little lighter. Yeah. Come on up. Come up. Everybody, round What's of your applause. Name? What's your name? What's your name? Uh, Anna. Anna. Round of applause for Anna. Round of applause for Anna. Actually, my question was still just as a little bit pessimistic, but can a Catholic... <laughs> um, could you still be Catholic but very pessimistic? No. <laughs> I don't know. What is pessimism? I mean, in terms of things temporally, maybe sure. I feel like I'm pretty pessimistic, and I'm still kind of Catholic. Yeah. Yeah, you're pretty pessimistic. I'm pretty pessimistic. Yeah. This sucks. As long as it's not eternally pessimistic, yeah. you know, because like... It's, ah, that's so hard. I think, I mean, obviously you can still be Catholic because Catholicism is not dependent upon your mood... Or personality. Or your disposition towards things. Um, or personality. If it was, we... Oh, man. We would both be... We would be outsies. <laughs> We'd be outsies right away. Um, I think if you if you tend to look at things... Again, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. Is like knowing that the war has already been won, and we have—I mean—we have no real reason to despair for um, any longer than what is justified given the circumstances. But if we look at things through the lens of Christ and joy and God's love and all that, like it's really hard to be pessimistic. Um, if we look at things through the lens of um, the world is full of sin and death, like both of these lenses are correct. Um, it just depends on which lens you're going to choose and which lens is going to be better at bringing the faith to others and which lens is going to be better at um, bringing you closer to God. So I would argue that pessimism, while you can probably be a Catholic in good standing, 
as a pessimist, I would argue that's probably not the best way to spread the faith and grow in the faith. Does that make sense? Yeah. Feel free to disagree. Counterpoint. I would, I would think that there's two ways of looking at what pessimism is. Like, well, it's pessimism thinking that something bad is going to happen all the time, which is not as bad as pessimism in the sense of like every bad thing that happens, you feel like it's the end of the world. You know, it's like, oh, this is, this is like, this is the worst thing, period. That's mm-hmm. despair. Yeah. And, uh, despair is the, uh, these, the antithesis, the, the, the antithesis of the virtue of hope, wow. which is one of the most important. Virtues. It's a theological virtue. It's a th- Whoa. Uh-huh. Ethan, do you go to Franciscan? I don't, but what? <laughs> everyone give Ethan a snap. I've learned so much in my time here. Y'all rub off on me. That's really what it is. Y'all so smart and good. I know the other ones, too. What other ones? The other theological virtues. What are they? Uh, 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 charity. Uh-huh. Joy. <laughs> faith. faith. Yeah, I got it. There you go. Good job, everybody. Um, yeah, you're totally right. Thank you. I think, but I don't think, but I think on the flip side, optimism all the time is not healthy either. If you never think that anything's going to go wrong, I hate you. That's super annoying. Resting blessed face. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inside Out. It's like the movie Inside Out. I totally just came up with that originally. That was my first, that was my first thought. Is Microphones that, are pointed this way, Anna. Because this is, <laughs> this is a trap that I think we can fall into, and at least one that I've fallen into a ton of times myself, is that, listen, <laughs> listen here. Are you about to stand up on the chair? <laughs> I almost did. And this is something that I fall into. It's so easy is that, like, oh, my faith is real. God is real. He's working in my life. The sacraments exist. All this stuff, like, grace is coming to me. I have no reason to think anything is ever going to go wrong. Like, which is kind of dumb. I get so jazzed and so excited about what God is doing in my life and in my friend's life that I kind of get blinded to the reality of the life that I'm living. And um, that's something that I've just had to become more aware of. And it's something, it has to be tempered. It can't be all one direction or all another direction. It has to be like a balance, which is so hard because having a balance is the answer to almost every single question like this. It's like, oh, you got to be balanced. But it's also a fallacy sometimes. False dichotomy. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's like a fallacy, like thinking the balance between two extremes is the right answer just because it's a balance. Right. I read that. That's not what I was trying to say. I I was making a legitimate point. Oh, good. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. No, I'm saying it's like, it's like, yeah, it's the answer to everything, and it's also sometimes not. It's like, oh, that is tough. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make sense, though, what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, cool. I mean, I like it. I mean, we have a live audience you could ask, too. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, oh, sweet. We're getting, we're getting thumbs up. I back. love this, because now when I ask, does that make sense? It's like actual live There's actual like, feedback, live feedback from people in the room, asking. and we yeah. can tell. Um, another question from Teresa, maybe. Bring it on. Who's this? Who, I, I'm sensing a pattern. Oh, there's eyes on this one, too. Who knew? They all have eyes. They're watching us all the time. Uh, okay, so this is Claire. She likes to be on her phone when her mom is trying to talk to her. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, Claire, oh, what is your deal? And she has no idea what she's going to major in. She's undeclared, and she's a third semester senior. She's undeclared? <laughs> Did you just say that? Yeah, she yeah, left. Of course I said it. It was low-hanging fruit. So mad. That was the bottom of the bunch of bananas of jokes. Uh-huh. Thanks, Pat. We. Things are giving us the best, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, just, uh, that's Claire for you. She's kind of vanilla. She's cool, though. True to nice. I feel like I've been on a date with Claire, or a girl very <laughs> similar to Claire. Do you frequently go on dates with women who won't stop texting while you're trying to talk to them? Aww. It's happened. It's not a fun time. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm lo- this, is a whole, this whole trip was a fish for sympathy from my Catholic friends. Fishers of men. Fishers of men. What is it? What do we got? Let me look at that one. 
can't. Uh, oh, this is another one from Maisa. Yeah. She says, hey, without a smiley emoji this time. Hey. Hey. How do you ask a guy about religion? Oh. Do you just wait until the subject comes up? <laughs> Recently, I met a guy. He goes to the same college as I do. We have a lot in common, etc. Since I want to live a life of chastity, I want to know if he's Catholic or at least if he has the same morals as I do. I don't know how to ask that question, though, without having an awkward conversation. Anyway, I love your podcast. Keep up the good work. Can we do a group ooh real quick? Ooh. (laughs) So. Let me tell you about boys. Are you going to tell them about boys? <laughs> well, I'm thinking about it. Um, I feel like it's not a weird question to ask. Like, if I was a dude and a girl was like, hey, are you religious? And for some, whatever reason, it hadn't come up previous in the conversation, I'd be like, yeah. And if he's not and he says no, then it's just like, good. Now you know not to date him anymore. <laughs> well done. We've just, we've just solved the mystery. Yeah, you can, like, you can just ask him if he's religious on like the first date, right? And what? Oh, we're getting a we're getting a, a note from our sound guy. He said, hey, how, "Sound guy Jared says something else." Tell me. Hey, sound guy Jared, come over here. Sound guy Jared, we're like one of the here. <laughs> Let's hear it for sound guy Jared. Yeah, we're like one good. of those hip podcasts that has like a sound guy. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, and I think I'm a pretty good sound guy. He's a pretty good sound yeah, guy. He's the that's only that's person that's being paid to be here. It's great. <laughs> Woo! I mean, except for the rest of your live audience, of course. <laughs> Please don't dunk on us. We just brought you up to the stage. We don't have a stage. This is a desk. <laughs> Thank you. And it's a beautiful desk, too, I might add. Good choice. You, made, you built it yourself. I don't think that's how it works, but <laughs> all right. No, you ask, yes, okay, cool. Or you can just ask, hey, do you want to go to Mass with me? Ooh. I think that's, like, the best way. You want to go to Adoration with me? Do you wanna, I'm going to confession. You want to come with me? That's, and then it's, they're like... It's, it's real simple questions. Like, yeah, because they'll either say, say no... If they're not religious, that's fine, too. But that's the point of being a Catholic. Conversion, conversion, conversion. Wow. <laughs> sound guy out. The, the ABCs, guy. The ABCs oh, of a bit. Yeah, the sound guy just dropped the mic, which is pretty ironic, given that he's, <laughs> he's really supposed to it's, keep the equipment safe. It's the ABCs of evangelization. Always, Always be converting. converting. <laughs> We're with it. I think, well, well, I think that's a really good way... Um, you really have to guilt trip uh, the person that you're interested in into <laughs> being religious. Hey, I'm going to Mass. Uh, do you want to come? It's the only time I have to hang out. Oh, you don't want to come? Guess you don't like me. Ooh. Yeah. Fancy. Hey, I'm going to go pray. Do you not pray? Guess you're not as much of a man as I thought. Oh! Ladies, you need to drop these bombs on these boys because they need... You need to drop some boy bombs You need to drop there. some boy bombs on these boys because it's they don't know. Men. It's Hallelujah. No, it's oh. Lent. Oh, sorry. I got... You said you did the song. I think if you're I'm quoting... sorry for my non-Franny friend. I folks. think if you're quoting a song, it's fine. Here, here, if we, here at, at Franciscan, if you're about to say the A slash H word, you say all the good stuff instead. All the good stuff. It's raining men. Yep. All the good stuff. There you go. Wow. Also, yeah, I, you really walked me into that one. That, really was, like a, that was like a trap that I just. <laughs> you like, you like, you like. Oh, this this circular pile of leaves looks perfectly safe to walk on. <laughs> you you throw me the idol, I throw you the whip, and then I run <laughs> impaled. That's my second Indiana Jones reference today. I really been having Indy on the brain. Love Harrison Ford. What I think is, you need to drop some boy bombs on your boys, and then once you do that. Um, They'll be fine. I don't really have experience with... Uh, actually, I do. One time I went on a date with a Buddhist on accident. 
Ooh. She but she wasn't a real Buddhist. She was one of those like, yeah, I'm kind of just really looking into a lot of different like <laughs> religions. Um, I'm really liking Buddhism. The waiter, like, the waiter walks by. The waiter walks by like, hey, do you guys need a refill on bread? Like, was, oh no, but no, shit. yes, but we're fine on Buddha. Was that like butter? Like, yeah, it was yeah, not butter. Yeah, that was good. So, Buddha. <laughs> you could have done, like, do you want any cheese with your bread? You say, yeah, can I get some Buddha? Because Gouda is a cheese. It's a, that's, I mean, just. That one worked less. I did. It did. <laughs> finish, your, finish your story about your, your relationship was. It wasn't really a relationship. It was just kind of like we went, we, we went on a date. <laughs> I can put, in, I put crickets in in post. We'll put crickets in in post. That's yeah, fine. we'll fix it in post. What? Anyway, um, have you ever dated a Buddhist? No. Well, that's Wait. Cool. No. <laughs> Phoebe, you sure? You're not. Are you Buddhist? a Buddhist? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think, I think if you're really invested in this boy, um, and you really want to call him higher, then you just got to start doing it, ladies. You really. I don't think women understand. I don't think women understand how much power they have in this romantic realm. What? What are you doing? What are you cutting it off for? You <laughs> said if you really like this guy, you just got to start doing it. And I was like, no, stop. That's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. <laughs> Renee got it in the back. David got it. Everyone's not. People are just going to take clips from this and cut it out and then slander my name <laughs> so bad. But what? No. What needs to happen is these ladies don't understand how much power they have. Is if you say, boys, I'm going to mass, either come with me or don't, they're going to be like, and then like, all of a sudden, <laughs> they'll trip their way into converting. Yeah, literally, they're going to they're gonna face plant into the church and <laughs> stumble into the lobby. With there a, are many ways to Christ. Honestly. Stumble into the lobby with a breast pump attached to their forehead, being like, I'm ready to serve. That's a reference to a tweet. You From, can't reference Twitter in a live show. It's a tweet that I made. It's my own. It's a self-referential tweet. Um, any questions from the audience? Come on up. Let's hear it. Miriam. Everyone give Miriam a round of applause. Miriam, a round of applause. <laughs> Miriam's in the show. Miriam, come up here. Hey, your name means sorrow. Did you know that? I did know that. No way. Bitterness. It's my birthright. <laughs> <laughs> refer, refer to the pessimism question before. <laughs> um, so my best friend asked my priest this question, and he never gave her an answer. So um, we, You really came to the next best thing. <laughs> <laughs> It's a really weird question, but um, we'll take it. <laughs> so let's say that Vulcans exist. All right. Um, obviously, Vulcans have the faculty of reason and this free will, which would mean they were made in the image and likeness of God. Mm. This means that there could have been a fall for Vulcans, and they would possess original sin. Mm-hmm. Now, Jesus's sacrifice is once and for all, but he did it as a human, not a Vulcan. Right. So, how would Vulcans be saved from their original sin? So the ultimate question is, could aliens exist theologically speaking? <laughs> Along with everything else. <laughs> you know? Jared, you already came on once. You can't come on again. That's fine. Just give me a mic. <laughs> Jared, can you start your own podcast called Aliens, starring Jared? <laughs> uh, you go to Franciscan. You tackle it. So just because they have a faculty of reason doesn't necessarily mean they would have an immortal soul, Right. I mean, I mean, that's the problem is that we don't have any evidence whether or not because it, it, it might just be a coincidence that 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 reason and immortal souls coexist in the same, you know, creature because we're the only creature that have both of those things. Mm. Um, so if there was an alien, we would have to and they had reason like like free will reason, then we wouldn't have exactly we wouldn't have a reason to assume they have an immortal soul. Um, but because christ 
assumed the form of a human being and the fullness of revelation occurred in scripture. So like this is the fullness of revelation to God's creation. Then it's, I think it's safe to assume that aliens with immortal souls don't exist. Wow. That's bold. Thank you. My hope is that the eschaton will come before we even get close to discovering aliens so that we don't even have to worry about it. <laughs> like, that's, that's, a, that's a conversation that I'm not willing to have while I'm a human being and alive on this earth. You, 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 know? walk, you walk up and, like, Galactar from Megamind is like, greetings, <laughs> welcome to the heavenly feast. And you're like, wow, what? I did not see no, that Think coming. about how good of a surprise that'll be. Like, when you die and you go to heaven and it's just, like, aliens. And you're like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and Jesus, is the worst. Jesus is like, no, this happens all the time. Come. Shush, 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 honey. Like a shush, spider honey. alien comes down. Like I have an immortal soul. And like oh my goodness, Jesus, why Aragon, did you do this? You did it. Oh gosh. Yeah, no, I'm thinking <laughs> that would be so fun. <laughs> all the <laughs> spider saints, all the spider spider saints, spindly boys, or spindly boys. We think about that though. That would be the best. Like resurrected bodies, we all just get to run around and like play football with aliens. <laughs> you can't do that in heaven. There's no, you can't tackle in heaven. I would assume. It's just a thought. It could be flag football in heaven. <laughs> Only flag football in heaven. <laughs> Vatican flag football. Vatican flag football. Um, yeah. No, I think that I think that pretty squarely answers. Pretty it. good question. Yeah. Pretty good question. Um, yeah. That really avoids. I think that's a much better answer than people saying, "Oh, there's just there would just be a Vulcan Jesus." No, that's dumb. Yeah. No, that's definitely not. True. I don't like that because that would mean that Jesus Christ exists in heaven as a man and an alien, which is not. Yeah. We know that's not the case. And then people will clap back, being like, "Well, can't God do anything? He can't do the absurd." So yeah, step up. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, Teresa, you got another got another bombshell for us? We want to drop some big boy bombs. Yeah, okay, so this is the second to last letter. Okay. Um, this is Josh. He's really funny, <laughs> uh, but he always like does self-depreciating jokes, and he's like, that's comedy. And I'm like, no, no, it's not. It's not comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Looks at me. <laughs> so, yeah, he's very, very funny. Josh rhymes with Patrick. Did you know that? Yeah, and he always has like really fun socks. You're like, where'd you get your socks? And he never tells you the company, so that's kind of annoying, but that's okay. So here he is. Enjoy I get my life. socks at Target, Teresa. All of my characters are like callbacks to you guys. Cool, cool, cool. You are to me. No, I'm <laughs> One of my eyes fell out earlier, so that's a really good callback. <laughs> it causeth Tim to sin. Um, yeah, I read the last one, didn't you? Didn't I? Didn't I? Didn't I? Didn't I? Didn't I see uh, all the good things? Nice. I'm just worried now that I'm going to say. Hi, guys. My name is Elizabeth, and I'm from Austin, comma, Texas, and I have a question about adoration. I've gone a couple of times in the past in my campus ministry, and now I'm living on my own. I'm in a new city, and the church I'm going to has a perpetual adoration chapel, and I want to start going more, but I'm curious to know whether there are certain prayers I should be praying, or are there certain things I should be doing in adoration? Just give me your general thoughts. Maybe what are some things that you do during adoration? Thank you so much. I keep up the good work with the podcast. I love that all of them end with affirmation. This is why I do it. It makes me feel so special. I'm just kidding. That's every time, every time before I hang up the the Skype call when I'm with Patrick, um, he always tries to fish for a little bit of like, "Was that a good episode?" And I'm like, "See you later." And I just hang up. <laughs> I don't give it to him. No, I say that was a good episode, and then we talk for a couple minutes about our feelings, and then we hang up. I'm projecting. I'm the one that does that. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's fine. I get um, it. Uh, what do you do during adoration? I sleep. Oh my goodness. Pray like Saint Joseph. <laughs> like 
<laughs> silently and so, with your eyes silent, closed. Silently with my eyes that's closed. That's how we walked to Bethlehem. God talks it's to me in dreams. dreams. It was the whole, the dreams, the visions. Like, uh, yeah, oh. that's what I'm saying. It's that gotcha. God, God talked to Joseph while he was dreaming, so why can't we sleep in adoration? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not saying that I do that, but like maybe I went to the, to the port earlier and that's what I did. It was very comfy. What's the port? Thank you. We just switched. We just switched roles because yeah. I always. Reference. I go to Franciscan now. Um, yeah. well, I don't know. What do you do? I, first of all, to answer your question, Elizabeth, there are no specific prayers that you have to pray during adoration. As your time with during Jesus. perpetual adoration, perpetual there is adoration. A, there is an adoration right when you do benediction, benediction yeah. and exposition. exposition. But don't worry about that. There'll be cards that you can read off, of and that's if, where if that happens. <laughs> you'll be fine. They teach uh, you that at seminary, which you also don't have to worry about. So yeah, we're good. <laughs> we really got all of our bases covered. Yeah, that's um, really great. So, what do you do during adoration, Pat? Uh, rosary and scripture. Is that Le- it? Lexia to be, yeah, yeah, yeah cool, cool, cool. And sometimes I, I journal, mm-hmm. not like journal, journal, but I just write. I don't mm-hmm. really, I don't really write my feelings. I usually write like what my reflections are, of scripture, or, like because right. I, I like, I like do Lexia Divina, and like I'll be at like the the meditatio part, and I'll be like, oh, I should really write this down. I write mm-hmm. it down, like come back to it later. Yeah. Um, rosary usually, Lexia Divina most of the time. Mm-hmm. I used to do the rosary a lot, but I kind of got trapped into this box of thinking like every time I go to adoration, I have to pray the rosary, um, which was really. Not to say that the rosary is stifling, but it was kind of stifling my prayer. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, I was getting frustrated that when I was going to adoration, it was like, ugh, like I don't get to do what I want to do. And then somebody was like, Ethan, you realize that you don't have to pray the rosary during adoration. You can yeah. just, you can read scripture if you want to read scripture. And I was like, oh, really? Wow. It's so easy to get kind of like stuck in this rut of like, this is what I do when I go to holy hour. Um, but it to be fair, we are, be we are way. a liturgical people. Yeah. You know, we were like, we, I have to get to, I have to do this part to get to the next part, yeah. which, but that's not really how it works in personal. Yeah, so now I just have to make time outside of adoration to do it. But I like to read, yeah. I like to read scripture. Um, usually I try to read when, when things are going okay, I'll read like a chapter out of the new Testament chapter out of the old Testament and then a Psalm. And that's kind of like what I stick to. Um, pretty easy, pretty light, pretty simple. A lot of times I'll get stuck on a chapter. Like I've been re- reading, uh, Luke chapter five, over and over and over and over and over again. Um, just because, again, this is another thing that I learned about prayer recently, which is amazing. I'm just going to talk about prayer. Okay. But the prayer um, so, so often, like, I get stuck on thinking that if I'm reading scripture, like I have to read a certain amount or I have to finish a certain book or I have to um, get something out of it or whatever, that something will happen and I'll, I'll get a nugget out of, out, of a, out of a reading or out of a verse and I'll just move on. Like I won't sit with it. And if you think about it, like when you're in the desert and you're walking and you come upon an oasis, you don't just like take a drink and then leave, you know, like that's dumb. Like you stay at the oasis and you set up camp and you drink it until all the water is gone and then you move on. And so I've been treating my prayer a lot like that is when I come upon something that is bearing fruit and is kind of bringing me out of the desert, I sit with it, which is why I've been reading Luke over and over again, because I'm still getting fruit out of it. Um, So don't be afraid to do that, Elizabeth. Um, and also everybody here is like, we can't be afraid to sit with things and pray with them and continually like allow the Lord, like the Lord's not going to let us just read something over and over again and not get anything out of it. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's scripture. It's in, like inspired, you know? Yeah. Um, I also like to do spiritual reading during, during holy hour. I yeah. really, I'm really into, um, like that book that I was talking about life of the beloved or imitation of Christ is what I'm reading right now, which is pretty rock solid. Um, so just anything yeah. that kind of, I don't know, just really, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm, in, I'm glad that you brought up the rosary because like I was John Tootin. I, mean, I always look at the rosary as like an extension of the chapel. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's it's a way that we can experience the incarnate Lord like outside of perpetual adoration, which we can't always get to. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and looking at looking at prayer as like centered around the word, you know, because most prayers are drawn from scripture or at least reference scripture in some sense. And like scripture is the word of God, Jesus is the word of God. It's all focused on the incarnate Lord. So like anything that is focusing on the incarnate Lord is good in the chapel. Bold statement. It really, really is. It's like absolutes are tough, but I think that's a good one. Anything that focuses on Jesus is good in the chapel. So yeah, that's my take on the chapel. Thank you. I think at the end of the day, don't worry too much because if you're feeling or if you're praying and you're growing closer to God, then you're doing adoration correctly, whatever that looks like. If it just means you're sitting and praying for an hour with no aids, then you're good. If it means that you're sitting and falling asleep and you're growing closer to God, great. More power to you. More power to you. I would argue that probably not if you're falling asleep for an hour. Unlikely, unless you're Padre Pio, who apparently could pray two rosaries in his sleep. Homeboy, did you know that Padre Pio prayed like 40 rosaries a day? That's weird. He's crazy. That's like that's 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 being that's being creative in your virtue. That is, yeah, man. Good old Ben Kenobi. Then he battled Darth. Vader. <laughs> he would pray forty rosaries oh, a day, man. and then, and then he got killed by Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I mean, it shows you where that got him. So maybe pull it back a little bit. Maybe pull it back a little bit. Maybe pull it back. Maybe only pray one. <laughs> um, audience question. Anybody? Anything? Wow. Uh, what's your name? What's What's your name? Uh, give it up for Phoebe. Give it up for Phoebe. Phoebe. You can use my microphone. Use, use mine. Hey, Phoebe, use my microphone. Yeah, no, Phoebe, use my microphone. Thanks. <laughs> Hello. Okay. I wanted to know your opinions on receiving the sacraments of initiation all at one time as a child and spread out. We have done a monthly mailbag on this, but we'll do it again. This is like Catholic Answers where they answer the same questions. I am so pro I'm, all at once. I'm pro all at once also. I am so pro all at yeah. once. Having like, like I... I remember my confirmation, and I was not prepared for my confirmation. But, you know, no one, no one really will. is. Yeah, nobody is. You say, like, oh, you got to be old enough to understand the sacrament. Are you old enough to understand every time you receive Jesus Christ in the Eucharist? Probably not. Yeah. Step up to the plate. Your soul, doesn't, go. Like, your soul doesn't, like, grow into <laughs> something being old enough to receive. Like, your soul is always able to receive baptism and then it's not anymore and then it's habituated to receive the other sacraments just receive them right away Mm -hmm. and you're good also like how are you gonna let a kid go from his baptism to seven years old without giving him what baptism is really for like baptism leads to full union with jesus christ in the eucharist and then in heaven so why wouldn't you like give him that or her that mm-hmm. as a guy. I don't know. They're they're really I'm they're like the my I think my issue is the reasons to have uh Eucharist and um uh confirmation later are like um mystagogical reasons, so like like educating the baptized reasons, which is good. Which is fine, I guess. Yeah, it keeps them going to church at least until they're it holds grade. people hostage. Like we're using yeah. the sacraments <laughs> we're using the sacraments to keep people coming to the church and folks, it's not working. It's not doing it. It's we're not doing anything. So I think we need to change. Maybe here's a not here's here's a thought, here's an idea. If we uh give people the sacraments earlier in life, they'll have more grace. Yeah. Maybe that will give them a disposition of coming to church more when they're older. Instead Here's, of instead of being like, "Hey, we're not going to get, we're going to hold this behind a paywall." Oh yeah, Renee was initiated into the church. Shout out Renee, Eastern Catholics. So she got them all. She got the whole smackaroo. And <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this is. Doesn't that make it so easy? Most kids are. This is this is kind of this is kind of real. Most kids are discovering pornography before they even get out of elementary school, 
Why are we not giving them confirmation to keep that from happening? Did Jason ever just walk into the are room? Are we not? Why we're happened? not using the tools that we have? Also, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> That's a good point. Sorry, I didn't mean to make fun no, of you. No, it's fine. In the middle of it, it was a little too heavy for a for a for a joke cast. Too late. <laughs> it's too late. Um, yeah, that's that's my thought. That's our thoughts. Um, I think question? we have, do we have one do we have one more uh, thing? Is that the last one? The last one. Teresa, lay it on us, and then we can take as many more questions no, as you Teresa, guys have. Teresa, lay it on us, and then you can eat the rest of our food, and then we can go to bed. Thank you for laying it on us. Thank you, uh, Teresa. Do you have anything to say about this one? Um, all I got to say is, is one of my closest friends. Uh, <laughs> We like we're in the sandbox together, that kind of friendship. Uh, but I forgot her name before <laughs> I walked up here, so just call her A or B. It's your choice. <laughs> it's funny because those are both letters too. Oh gosh, everything is too meta. I need A or B. Nap. What about A B? Maybe O. Is that? Is there? A, do I have any o? other options? Blood types. I'm going with the blood type Z. joke. Z. That was a really weird. <laughs> I don't have anything else. I don't have blood types on my brain. You think of blood more than the average person, so that's why. Thanks. <laughs> All right. It's kind of a long boy. Uh, we'll make it quick. Oh, speaking of pornography, this one, this one kind of will tie that little knot up. Sweet. Um, hey, Ethan. I was on Twitter today, and you were talking with a man about how pornography can be an addiction. I was. Um, I was wondering, because I know that if there is not complete consent, it doesn't fill the three categories to be a mortal sin. So I was wondering if you could shed some light um, on a situation. I'm 16 and have been struggling with porn for about three to four years now, and I do think it's become an addiction, but I've never really known what classifies as a pornography addiction. I strongly believe I gravely offend God when I commit these sins, but at what point does it become a venial sin? And do we even know? And if my sins were venial because of addiction, I will still treat them as mortal as they are grave. So in short, how do you know to what extent the gravity of the sin is lessened due to incomplete consent? Um, The priests at my parish are so busy around Christmas. I got this at Christmas, and I didn't answer it, so here we go. What do you think, Pat? Um, I think that he's he's safe. He's 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 right in playing it safe in the sense of like not uh, receiving the Eucharist until going to confession. Like, yep. you know, because it is it does gravely offend God because it is grave matter. But right. the extent to which God holds you culpable for that sin mm-hmm. does depend on your personal culpability for it, which can be lessened by addiction. That being said, you can't use addiction as a scapegoat for your habitual sin. True. It's if you if you believe that you have an addiction to any kind of sinful act and you're not seeking help probably professional help Mm. you may still be at fault for not trying to fix your addiction Mm -hmm. you know because it's not like you're just ignorant of the fact that you have an addiction yeah like you might not call it that but you know like you You, know you know yeah Yeah. and whether it be an addiction to something that causes you to be slothful or lustful or prideful or whatever it whatever it is there are all these kinds of addictions that can lead us in in, into habitual sin um we know them we just don't call them out enough so be good friends with people that will call them out be familiar with yourself enough that you can call them out on yourself um and then go to confession yeah yeah i think it's pretty easy any other questions from the audience this is your last chance last, ever. last chance to ask Dom. questions, audience. Get on up here, Dom. Everybody give Dom a round of Dom, applause. Dom, round of applause for Dom. Okay. He uses my microphone. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Dom. What's up? At Dom, Dom Travel Co. on Instagram if you want to follow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the good plug. This is how you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to plug when you're up here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just wanted to, like, ask you guys if you know anything about, like, the Eastern Church, if you could highlight that a little bit. Renee, Every, get your butt up. Everybody here. looks at Renee. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna use our resources. Because my answer is I don't. My answer, I can say what I know, and then you can fill in the gaps. How about that? 
I know about the Eastern Church. It exists. It exists. It's good. There are churches. Uh, St. John Chrysostom. There are churches. Liturgy. That are in union with Rome. Or in communion with Rome. And uh, they have different liturgies. But they have divine liturgy. They're divine liturgies, but they're valid. That's, that's just and licit. <laughs> all I know. They are licit and valid. Bell sense. Tell us, Renee. TM. This is, everybody, did we already clap for Renee? This is Renee. Everybody clap this is for Renee. Renee. Everybody clap for Renee. Okay, cool. This is my microphone today. Cool. Awesome. Pretty close? Yeah. Good? Yeah, it's good. Okay. Awesome. So, I guess, starting from the beginning, do you have some history? <laughs> this yeah, sure. is such a big topic. I don't yeah. even know. Yeah, you did a 30-minute video on Byzantine, didn't you? I did, and it was 30 minutes. It wasn't even explaining that much. It was just like, here's exactly what you're going to see if you attend an Eastern liturgy. Like, gotcha. Part by part. You Maybe know, like give us expect. like the 101 crash course. Like if someone was mm-hmm. like, hey, Divine Liturgy, good old DL starts in like five minutes. Yeah. Let me know what's going to happen. Right. The answer is Greek. A lot of Greek. <laughs> My parish is English, so oh, it'll probably good. be okay. But yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there was a split, obviously, between gotcha. the East and the West at one point a long time ago. And then eventually some of those people who split away, or the Orthodox as we know them today, were like, Actually, we're going to come back and go under the Pope. And so those are the Eastern Catholic churches. But they only have to be obedient to the Bishop of Rome and none of the other bishops. So you'll notice that there aren't many changes in the traditions or the way the liturgy looks. It looks very old and very ancient. That's because they didn't have to implement a lot of the changes that came around with, I mean, more than just Vatican II, but just history, which is crazy. So, yeah. So that's some history there. And there's like 23 or 28 different rites, and I'm Ukrainian Byzantine, right? Yeah, there's a ton of them. Yeah, for sure. Um, some of them are only found over in the east, but there are some over here as well. Which you said is cool. you were Ukrainian? Yes, I'm yes. Ukrainian. Nice. Yeah. So. Can you uh, like highlight like, what the spirituality is like versus like, Roman Catholic? Okay, what is, what is the spirituality of ah. the church ver- as opposed to Roman Catholic. Not as opposed to, what but... What does that mean exactly? Like, uh... I'm, Dom, why don't you, why don't you it, come it's here? It's so funny because uh, John Paul II called the East and the West... Like the general just kind of, like, approach to prayer and, like, yeah. how you see God and, like... Well, yeah. Yeah. I'd, oh, geez. Yeah. I mean, because... They're Eastern and Western, both Catholic, both two lungs of the church, as John Paul II said. And it's interesting in that way because you can say, well, the Eastern Rite doesn't have the rosary. They don't have adoration. And, you know, everyone goes, oh, they have married priests and crazy things like that, you know. And that's more like an economic thing from, you know, that's a long discussion on its own. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was not the reason. That's very funny. Um, but there's an acceptance of uh, both traditions that overlap on both sides. So it's okay if you're praying a rosary in an Eastern church, for sure. Um, there's an interesting view on um, the death of a spouse, you know, the till death do us part. The Eastern Catholics don't believe that. They still believe there's a very special and close bond between the spouse, spouses in heaven as well, so there's not, like, a parting. Um, they believe... Uh, the Annunciation of Mary, um, they call it the Dormition of Mary, that she just fell asleep, which is interesting. I have to look into history about that, because I don't remember the detail. But anyway, so there's a difference between that. There's all these little things, but uh, 
Yeah. But the spirituality is the same. The way you see God is definitely the same and really beautiful on both sides. So, yeah. Thank you, Renee. Thank you, Renee. Renee, round of applause. Oh, thank you. And give Dom a round of applause. If you do want to know more, if you listen to the Catholic Stuff You Should Know podcast, one of the priests that does that is um, an Eastern uh, right priest. And so um, sometimes they have really good, like if you look through, he explains like kind of the history. I don't remember what it's called, what the exact episode is. But if you go on their website and you search yeah. Eastern churches, Just it'll look come through up, the 200 episodes. It'll come podcast. up. It'll filter and come up with all the episodes that they've talked about it. So that's kind of where I've learned the things that I've learned about it. Um yeah, that was Do a really fun little tidbit to add. Fun on. little tidbit, yeah. And I think we're we just gonna we're just gonna close. Yeah, it? we're just gonna. Glo- I mean, Ethan, uh, it's been it's been so great having you here. This well, is not this is not a goof or a show. I've I've really enjoyed having Ethan here. This is like the third time we've ever met in person. This is literally the fir- third time we've ever hung out. Like, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah, and like and before before the other two times were at conferences, so it was like very limited hangoutable time. So yeah. it's been great having him here. He's been on his own like half the time, just walking around campus. If you saw me in the JC being like a creepo wastoid, just kind of sitting in chairs and looking at people i'm he sorry screams a lot in public i was singing outdoors earlier i didn't really mean to i just didn't have anything better to do because patrick was in class and i'm not going to class um except you, i actually went to you, a class you went today. to a class so it's fine um yeah but thank you all for your hospitality this is a great place i feel like so many of you are just so kind and uh welcoming to uh newcomers like myself so thank you for that it's a beautiful charism of this place um uh, are you going to play the outro music? Yeah, I'm pulling up the outro music. I'm gonna, okay, I'll keep talking. If you're interested, if you like what you heard this evening, um, this is the Crunch Catholic Podcast. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. Um, tell your friends. We put up new episodes every single Sunday, which is great and amazing. Uh, it's usually just us. Sometimes we have a guest like Mark Hart or yeah. whoever. This episode is going up this upcoming Sunday? This episode is going up next Sunday. Okay, and Mark Unless Hart. you want it to go up this Sunday. No, Mark Hart is... Mark Hart is scheduled to go up this week. Okay, cool. So yeah. well, we can kick him though. No, no, no. We're good. Okay. We're, gonna, we're gonna keep him. We're gonna keep him strong yeah. on the planet. It's just that you said last time that this is it. Never mind. It, yeah, um, it doesn't matter. So yeah, listen, listen to our interview with Mark Hart. It was really great. He almost made Ethan cry, and then Ethan cut out the podcast. Of course, when I cry on the podcast, which is I include it every he time. Includes it and then repeats it at the end. Yeah. Um, if you want to support us, patreon.com slash the crunch. Um, also, while you're on Patreon, support New Catholic Generation. Uh, the homies, we love them. Uh, you might know them better than we do. Uh, they've been very hospitable to us as well, making some good videos. Check their channel. We did a couple panels with them while we were here, um, a couple of other vlog-type videos, which was really fun. Um, otherwise, after this, I just want to hang out with all of you. If you want to hang out with me, that's cool. But if not, I get it. Yeah. Uh, we have snacks, cereal in the back. We've got more milk. Um, there's more pizza left. There's some soda, uh, some donuts. Please take all of it. We bought it for you. We want you to eat it. Um, and uh, Yeah, so just, just do the outro just, thing. Just do that. And uh, thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we will see you on the Twitters. Wait. You're really not. It's you, not. You need a fast forward. There we go. I'll say it again. Okay. Do it again. I got to wait. This is, this is live. This is the outro music. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we will see you on the Twitters. Wait for it. Thank you. Is there pizza left? I'm hungry. Yeah, is there any pizza left? I'm, I'm hungry. Let's get it. Thank you so much for coming, everybody.